Warning. Elements of real-world religion are used in this podcast to serve the purposes of a work of fiction. They are to drive the drama forward and are not intended to be taken as a statement of opinion by the players. Thank you for listening. Okay. So what do we do? It's like a weekend at Bernie's. So what, do we, what should we do with this stuff? Should we destroy it? Should we... We should seek to better understand it, see if we can make use of it without corrupt, without staining our souls. And, well, I suppose, as much as I do not wish to leave the children in the care of the Aaronites, innocent though some of them may be, it appears we don't have much choice. Why don't we go to Flagstaff and see what we can find out there? You may want to reunite with the boy. Um, I um, haven't fleshed... If he can tell you what these things are and what they do. I'm willing to brave the wrath of the Pinkertons and stand up like a warrior if need be. Uh, I was going to say I haven't fleshed out Abigail as a person so much as she was just kind of a prop for the heist, but mm-hmm. she's going out east. Maybe she wouldn't mind starting an orphanage? Hmm. That's something she would consider. I mean, that would give us a place to wow. dump 17 kids that would be well funded and taken care of for and far away from Aaronites, yep. presumably. Is that something the party would entertain? I Dumping like, a bunch of these unnamed NPCs with another more or less unnamed NPC. I like the idea. I mean, but my, yeah, my alignment and, and paladin and this kind of makes me feel very responsible for these, mm. these kids. I do want to throw one more thing out there as a DM, which is uh, <clears throat> your observations, Temperance's observations specifically, of the state of affairs in Salt Lake City is that if you go to Salt Lake City by train, you'll be arrested at the train station. There's no hope. Every single person's being screened by Pinkertons as they come off the train. Yeah. If you ride into town through any of the major entrances or exits, uh, you are going to find yourselves immediately in the custody of U.S. Marshals. You should basically consider Salt Lake City off-limits for the time being. Yeah, so Flagstaff's kind of our, well, our nearest option anyway. Mm. Yeah. You go yeah. all the way out east. Lay low. Come back. <laughs> Go to Italy for maybe <laughs> twenty minutes of the film. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it is the it, it, people forget that the Wild West is is uh, it runs continuous with the uh, the Victorian era. So there's probably some vampire shit we could get into in like England, France, yeah, Spain. You can go fight Frankenstein. Yeah, it's also uh, contiguous with the Frankenstein, uh, like samurai reformation reformation hmm. period of mm. Japan. So let's go to Japan, fight yeah. the samurai with muskets. We'll win. <laughs> and, it's the Ed- and I think it's the Edo period now. Yes. Uh, well, it might be it might be Edo or it might be Meiji. Okay. Either way, we're in for a good time. Yeah. Japan. So did you have that planned or? Yeah, absolutely. So you take a train to Japan. <laughs> <laughs> Just goes into the water. Game over. <laughs> Dumbest train ever. <laughs> um, Three stars on Yelp. Well, we do, we do know a gnome with an armada. <laughs> Nothing. What's our motto with you? <laughs> Hello, Armada. Hello, Armada. <laughs> you can't talk, arm- talk Armada anything. <laughs> uh, you're all dumb. <laughs> yeah. So we go to Flagstaff. Okay. Yep. And wag our staff. <laughs> so, uh, as I mentioned, I brought this map out for you so you can see sort of what's going on. Now, if you take a look at the map here, uh, you do see that uh, Salt Lake City is way up here. Provo is over here. Fillmore is down here. So that's you can see where everything in Utah is. 
the train tracks are going to run almost exactly straight south all the way down past Prescott and down to Tucson. The problem with that is that Flagstaff is actually here and there is no stop in Prescott. So in order to get there, what you're really doing is overshooting it, going to Tucson, getting off in Tucson and riding north through the we're superstition. On back. We're on a train. Oh, train back. We're on train back. Train back. Train back mountain. We are we are riding horses to Fillmore and then hopping a train to Fillmore. Yeah, okay. So really what you're doing is taking the train all the way to Tucson, overshooting it by a little ways, and then riding north through the Superstition Mountains uh, up to the city of Flagstaff, which at this time period, Flagstaff is not a city. It is a railway settlement. Uh, it is actually one of the things that is not often marked on maps. So for those of you who are educated or worldly, um, you will know that Flagstaff exists and where it is, but it's not actually something you just look up because mm. Flagstaff at this moment really isn't even a proper town. Cool. I am educated, though not exactly worldly, um, so I probably am aware of this, right? Yeah. Okay. I am educated, but not worldly. Mm. You I probably have, you you know about Flagstaff, yeah. but you don't know details about Flagstaff. Well, I hope you locked up the doors to your uh, law practice, Alistair. I'm I'm a, I'm sure I did off screen. Yes. <laughs> it's the best time to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, in Provo. <laughs> <laughs> Can I have the gas on? <laughs> nice. Your coffee pot beeps. <laughs> yeah, we didn't burn anything. What's wrong with oh, this? Oh, shit, we gotta go back. I even have a potion of, of, whisk, of whiskey of fire breathing. Nice. No, I think we used that one up. We did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. he gave it to Gideon and, and he uh, That's right. spit fire at All right, I'll, del I'll delete it. Yeah. So, yes, I'm on board to going to Tucson, getting three horses. Mm -hmm. Well, I have my old shitty horse. We'll, it, we'll, we'll come on the train. Can it afford a train ticket? Uh, I mean, there is livestock cargo. I don't see why not. Uh, it'd probably cost a few extra dollars. I'll save. I mean, I'll save money on my part. Hagar, can, Hagar knows. Resummon Hagar later. Yeah, basically. Um. So yeah, you uh, you start taking the train down to Tucson. She will meet me on the path. Uh, fun period, appropriate fact. Uh, the trains are not much faster than horseback. You actually are riding at about thirty miles an hour. The difference being the train can run throughout the night with periodic stops to top off its coal supplies, uh, whereas the animals would have to rest, drink water, and basically get a good night's sleep. And presumably us as passengers on a train could get the benefits of a long rest. Yeah, we don't yep. get tired either. Yep, you can rest on a train, you can be comfortable, uh, you can gain a level. Oh, Ooh, oh shit. We can't, we spicy. don't have to. I wasn't prepared for that. Surprise, oh. bitches. Uh, for your successes in Provo, and actually it was a huge success on the heist. Um, you do actually gain a level. And, and I, I will, uh, you know, I don't want it to be a big RP thing, but I will sort of feel out how Abigail feels about taking on 17 children and starting an orphanage and wherever she ends up, Charlotte or, you know, wherever. Uh, give me an evens odds roll. Evens, she's on board. Eight. That's evens. All right, yeah, she'll do that. All right, so we have a place to, to send 17 children. Zuma is very uh, grateful Except you've only got 10 right now, or... Nine right now. Yeah, well, 17 seven, eventually. Seven. They'll come in batches. Yeah. You know. It seems uh, nice. you're it's like an installment. That you are seeking to do good. I don't know why people don't trust lawyers who look like the devil off the off the jump, but I, I appreciate the compliment. <laughs> I suppose it is saving the, the step of assuming. Maybe they appreciate the honesty. Either way, thank you.
<clears throat> Alright, uh, you arrive in Fillmore City. Uh, it is, as most cities in Utah, not very exciting. Uh, it is actually built on a small ridge, so about half the town is on a ridge overlooking the other half. Um, it has a bunch of hastily erected wooden structures. Uh, there is a train station here. It is a fairly large train station for being a fairly small city. Uh, it seems to be a pretty popular waypoint uh, for journeys going north and south. And uh, without too much fuss, you're able to secure train tickets from uh, Aleo train lines. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, hop a passenger train that is bound for Tucson. I wiped down all the handrails. Does anybody want to try recklessly attuning to any of these items? Uh, no. I'm well educated, so I'm gonna say no. <laughs> uh, don't lore bards have an identified thing? Yeah, don't, yeah, right. You're inherently in the yeah. bullshit. Come on, bard. Yeah. Hey, listen. First of all, I didn't know that. Second of all, <laughs> hey, actually, you're, you're getting a bunch of new spells at level six. True. Yeah. True. Do you want to pick identify as one of your spells? Well, yeah. If you put it that way, I do. Yes. Um. By the way, I don't see what you're talking about. Yeah, never mind. You just use identify. Okay, I use identify on all these magical items. Okay. Um, <laughs> and we explode. Right. I use all my spell slots on it, then I take a nap and I do it again. Yeah, that's, that's what the train is for. Alright, uh, you're going to be able to identify four out of five. Okay. The fifth one, you get that. It doesn't work. Alright. Um, do you pick the fifth one, or is it we just pick four and the I other pick one? the fifth one. It is the uh, bracelet with the turquoise. I and only had four total. There was a ring, a quilted coat, spear, and the. He stole a the portrait bracelet. as well. Oh, the portrait. I forgot about that, yeah. My thought was, he's. I got the sleight of hand skill, so I figure Levi's. <laughs> and he's a charlatan, too, so he's a pretty sneaky dude. It's like. Well, I'm here. If I'm gonna be a scoundrel. Tell us what they are, Ben. Working out. Okay. Processing. Processing. Oh, yeah, and I still have a set of Bulette's teeth. You can make a necklace out of that. I realized the other day that, um,. Gideon never uh, identified that fountain pen from like months and months ago. Oh, it was on his character sheet. He never ever got around to doing it. <laughs> okay. Fucking kids always put yeah, their homework. Yeah, it's probably like, <laughs> yeah, it's probably lost yeah, under, under the couch. You forgot to do your homework. Nice. So at the bottom of your backpack, all the inks leaked out. Uh, it's all gummy uh, and sticky. Uh, stuck to a lollipop, <laughs> like a half eaten lollipop. Bring it back, memories. All right, I'm going to start with the portrait. Uh, the portrait has the ability to, once per day, when you speak a command word to the lady and she acknowledges you, you have to be polite to the portrait. It is actually sentient. Okay. Polite command word. Yeah. Uh, she will cast aid on your party. Sweet. However, if instead you are rude to the portrait and ask it a question, it will answer by casting augury. Huh. That's, so we have the option of being polite or rude. Right. If she casts Augury, it's once per week. If she casts Aid, it's once per day. Okay. Um, she also has the ability to expend all the magic contained within the portrait, causing it to become a mundane portrait, to cast Hallow as a fifth level spell. Neat. So that's what that does. Uh, next... The ring. 
The ring is an item that can only be attuned by divine spellcasters. Quick question about the portal, I'm sorry. Yeah. That por portal? Portrait, how big is it? Oh, okay. Pretty small, you can fit a backpack. Yeah, alright. Uh, the ring is for divine casters only. Uh, it can only be attuned by someone who can cast at least one divine spell. Uh, it permits the wielder an additional third level spell slot. Which we don't have yet. Why has it got necrotic? It's the closest thing to divine. There's no divine spellcasting class. Oh, 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 oh. Okay. And it's a fairly generic thing, so I just want to memorize it. Okay. Uh, the coat, the padded quilted coat. It's a mishmash of color. It looks like just totally mismatched fabrics. Uh, however, it is mechanically identical to equipping a breastplate, but it's usable by those who only use light armor. And it has an added benefit of providing advantage on death saving throws. Okay. But if she wears what? armor, she's not as barbarian. -y. True. True. She loses her con bonus to AC, but I think breastplate's better anyway. Probably. Yeah. Um, for now, at least. Yeah. Worst case scenario, it could be you. It, it could be. Uh, no, dibs. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Yeah. That character can only use light armor. That's what he said. No, it's you can use it if you have light armor proficiency. Oh. That's what I'm saying. It's effectively a breastplate that's one tier lower on the armor thing. But it's mismatched colors. Yeah, and it's just a quilted coat. It's not made of metal. Yeah, it's so not something you'd be interested in. It's no, not it's sexy a, enough. It is definitely... It is not ugly. sexy. It's ugly. Uh, and then the spear. Uh, it is a one-handed spear. It is considered to be a plus-one weapon. It also has two unique properties. The property that you want to use is selected at dawn. So remember, each time you rest, you have to pick a new property. Okay. Uh, you can keep the same property day after day if you want, but uh, you can pick from these two options. One is, uh, after hitting a target with a spear, they must make a constitution saving throw or gain the poison condition until the end of their next turn. Mm. Or, when you injure somebody with a spear, they take 1d6 additional poison damage straight up in the saving throw. Mm. Straight up. Okay. No chaser. And the bracelet defies your abilities to identify it. Nothing of that is interesting to Alistair, so he's going to... Not claim any treasure. The uh, train you find yourself in is a well-appointed passenger train. Uh, it specializes in getting folks of luxury from the Utah Territory to the Arizona settlements. Uh, Tucson at this point is a booming city. Uh, it is actually one of the largest draws west of the Rocky Mountains. So finding your way directed to Tucson, you are uh, rubbing elbows with all sorts of fine folk. Um, not the kind of people you would bump into at the governor's party. That was a little upper scale than this, but still, folks who are of means. Mm -hmm. uh, you're in a cabin that has uh, eight passenger compartments in it, and each of the compartments, classic James Bond train. I mean, it's got like the velvet seats and the mm. high backed seats that you can like sleep on the seat lengthwise. It's the Orient Express, but it's not the Orient. Yeah, uh, overhead cabins and stuff like that. It's uh, quite lovely. Um, there is a dining car that's central to the train, and there's passenger cars on either side of it. Uh, the dining car serves uh, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It does not do round-the-clock serving. Uh, it has a lightly stocked bar. Uh, they only serve alcohol during dinner hours, and the dinner hours are only like 6 to 8 p.m. So basically you can get a drink and they'll cut you off at it. Uh, it's a long ride, so you will likely experience dinner at least once. Mm. Uh, roughly 18 hours from Provo. Uh, or from uh, Fillmore all the way down to Tucson. 
And uh, once you get checked in and directed to your passenger cabin, you're able to unload all of your various heavy supplies uh, and get more comfortable. And ill-gotten gains. <laughs> ill-gotten gains. Um, there are also lower-scale passenger cabins further to the extreme ends of the train uh, that are just like wooden, like bench-style seating for families and stuff like that. But you guys got the nice seats. Yeah. Uh, I will spend my downtime on this train hobnobbing with people who might need a lawyer. Okay. And, I mean, a lot a lot of paperwork can be filed while I'm on the road. You'd be surprised. Yeah. <laughs> Inhuman tiefling lawyer <laughs> having lots of sex. <laughs> with Levi. <laughs> Maybe. Don't say it like it's something special. Everyone's had sex with Levi. I haven't. <laughs> Well, get in here! Yeah. He's a power bottom. Yeah, come, come on. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> I mean, that's his business. <laughs> you are uh, about four hours into the ride. Uh, probably at some point you guys have stopped to have lunch. Um, well, the train hasn't stopped. You've right. stopped. Doing <laughs> We've stopped doing stuff to have lunch. Yeah. Uh, and you see that there is a man who comes in who is wearing spurs. Uh, and he is wearing a marshal's badge. Oh, oh, and he appears to just be casually interviewing people about Jingle who they are, where they're going, what they're doing, where they came from, that sort of stuff. And he's just asking questions, poking around. He's taking his time meandering through the car. And uh, those of you who are observant spot him fairly quickly. He's not mm. trying to be discreet. Um, but it becomes readily apparent that uh, they are investigating for something, and they're going to talk to every motherfucker in this train. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I'm quite the face man. I could probably handle this shit. Okay. Um, at least on my own ends. I have sex with them. <laughs> These are my sex servants. They serve me sexually. <laughs> uh, and honestly, I... Being a lawyer and being quite persuasive, I'm going to tell him that I'm a lawyer and I'm on a business trip to Tucson and any of that he's going... Anything after that he's going to need a warrant for. All right. Uh, just give me a roll for the sake of the argument. Okay. 17. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, he is polite. He introduces himself as uh, Connor McCoy. Pleasure to meet you, Connor. Um, I am going to pull my companions aside while we are while we are waiting to be interviewed by Connor, and I'm going to hand out some fucking party inspiration. Because mm. you motherfuckers need it. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Um, I've got the same. I've already got my story. So, do you want it or no? Uh, it couldn't hurt. Okay. If I roll abysmally, right. but it, but honestly, if you if you want to help out these two, that's understandable. Okay. I've got some providence to help me out. Can I hand out more than one at a time? No. Okay. Who wants it? Fight to the death. And then whoever dies gets I've, it. I've mm-hmm. got expertise, expertise, so I've got a plus nine to the thing that I'm going to use. Um, Elku runs. Are you also Elku lies? I this character doesn't have a horrible charisma, so it's a benefit to what? It's bardic inspiration. You can throw it on any, any uh, skill check or whatever. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll take it if nobody else will take it. Yeah, see, yeah, see, thank you. <laughs> all right, so yeah, Connor comes around and starts asking you all questions about where you're from, where you're going, what you're doing, who you are. Okay. Um, at least we'll start with Levi. So he can <laughs> sure. Where'd so, you come uh, from? Where'd you go? Where are you going to, Connor Joe? <laughs> so as I. Uh, I'll take take off my hat a bit, and uh, as I talk to them, look up, and uh, I'll use my channel of entity to just appear ever so saintly. Be like, oh, good day, officers. I am 
Thomas Fairchild, and I have had quite the week. Have you seen the poor souls at Crossroads, some of the loss and ruin they have experienced there? I've never seen a crowd so in need of a preacher and the good word in my life. And, well, that's where I've come from. All right. And it was difficult to go, but time came to move on. Persuade, persuasion. Give me the spicy rolls. Yeah, that's a, that's 27. Yeah, that's pretty good. All right. One of your temperance is 32. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, and I'll just, I'll just, and when they're done, I'll just be, it's like, like, and God be with you, and if any of you are feeling ill, please come to me. Through Jesus' touch, I will, I will see you cured. And uh, I am going to have taken up a sort of slumped position with uh, Jed's coat draped over me like a blanket, like I'm not feeling very well. Okay. And uh, when they come around, uh, I will say, uh, my name's, my name's Mary. Mary Josephs. I don't, I'm sorry, I don't feel real well. I'm going to do something for my health. Okay. It's 19. 19 huge. Okay, he doesn't want to get closer to you. He doesn't want to catch TV or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my name's Mary, Typhoid Mary. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. Alright, and Elku runs. Elku fibs. <laughs> Elku um, bends the truth. <laughs> um, he's, he's going to, um, first of all, before they sort of show up, he's, he's got some like herbs and stuff that he's going to kind of crush and just sort of you know, release some fragrance. And first of all, he's sitting away from everybody else. Yeah. Like, totally isolated from everybody because he's an Indian. And he's going to crush his stuff that smells just a little unpleasant. Like, not rank, like death, but just like... Oh, just skunky, to make him, weed. Yeah, just to make him kind of, a, kind of unpleasant. And then he'll say, I am emissary to the Navajo Nation. I travel there on big, <laughs> big metal beast because these legs can't walk anymore. Go over your bardic inspiration. My bard inspiration. Mm-hmm. Lord Spire. God, I can't read these dice. Oh, that's a fucking bag of shit. <laughs> Good thing that's, you need uh, Well, actually, I had Deception, so that's um, 12. Ah, yeah. He um, he sort of eyes you more warily than the others. <clears throat> you're not sure if it's because he thinks you're lying or if it's because he doesn't trust Native Americans. But he uh, he why passes not, you by and mm-hmm. continues to interview people on the train and... A few hours later, you see him sort of double back and walk back to the other side of the train, apparently satisfied that he's talked to everybody on it. Uh, it appears that they basically sent out some train marshals just to see if they could catch criminals who robbed a, a train up near Salt Lake City. Wouldn't know anything about that. Yeah, I was never there. It's kind of sad that the Bardic Dice was higher than that. That would have been, if one of us rolled a wand, it'd be like, tell you what we didn't do. We a train heading to Salt Lake City. That would be or, silly. Or like before he even gets a chance to start, I wasn't even on that train in Salt Lake City. We definitely didn't murder a U.S. Marshal really? and throw his body in a well. Not that you can prove in a court of law. <laughs> Technically, the guy who's guilty of that crime is not even here. Time passes. You've been on the train now for quite a lot of it. And it is now dark outside. Uh, presumably, if you're looking to get that rest, now is the time to take it. Mm. And I do. I do too. <laughs> Are you all resting at the same time? Is somebody keeping a watch? If we're on the train, then no. There's already marshals there. Yeah. Uh, there's marshals there, though. <laughs> True, I think you're forgetting who the bad guys is. <laughs> it's us. <laughs> Are we the baddies? <laughs> it is we. Uh, so, 
to maintain the deception, I'm going to try to sleep comfortably, knowing that the law is here to protect us. N- knowing, quote-unquote. Because, like, it might be weird if I stayed up to do a watch. But if you guys want to do that, I will think of a pretext to do so. I'll just oh. st- stay up reading the Bible. Al- Alistair's a man of creature comforts. He enjoys himself a brandy and a cigar and goes right to bed. Yep. Uh, Temperance will keep watch, because she's already sort of looking like she's asleep anyway, so she'll be doing one of the... roll for it. Looking over her shoulder as she's leaned up against the side of the, the train car. Okay. Oh, uh, sorry to sleep. <laughs> yeah, I will, I'll just relax. Elk who snores! <laughs> yep. <laughs> Basically. And, uh, she's got the, the coat draped over her like a blanket, and underneath it she's got the, uh, one hand on the gun and one hand on her knife. <laughs> nice. Alright. Um, throughout the night, uh, you do see the, uh, the marshal change to a different guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, looks like there's at least two and they're doing a shift change. <laughs> I thought you meant like he shapeshifted. And <laughs> <laughs> he's just gonna gloss over that fact. No, I'm a different guy. <laughs> Turns out that he's an alien you can align with against God. <laughs> uh, yes. No, it's, uh, there's a different marshal who apparently is doing the rounds. And he just walks from car to car. Uh, sort of making a presence of himself. He's not interviewing anybody, just being physically around. Um, And what you do see, if you're like actually paying a lot of attention, is that there is a man who enters your train car. Um, Again, there's like eight compartments, so there's a bunch Mm -hmm. of compartments in here. There's sort of glass enclosure windows with curtains and you're looking out through the glass in the door. I'm picturing the Hogwarts Express, Yeah, me too. Yeah. (laughs) I've never done Harry Potter, but whatever. Um, and you see that there's a man who's got, like, some windswept brown hair, a uh, little bit of stubble. Mm-hmm. He's wearing a high-collared white shirt. Mm-hmm. And he is looking in the windows of each of the luxury compartments. Mm-hmm. And he gets to your car, and you can see him sort of, like, peering in through the glass. And then there's some light that comes in from one of the other train cars as the marshal comes in. And he just sort of strolls away from your train car and moves on to the dining Shit. Did I, like, was this guy, like, law enforcement looking? Do I recognize him? No, you don't recognize him at all. It just looked like a guy. Mm-hmm. Honestly, it's, as I described, it's basically the only noteworthy features about his physical appearance. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe a thin man, uh, not quite tall, but taller than average, with this high-collared white shirt, pressed Aaronite looking, or...? Uh, yeah, you'd say it fits the, the motif. Mm-hmm. But as the marshal enters the cabin, this guy sort of disappears into a different car. Does he look like he was, like, uncomfortable with the marshal coming in, or...? He departed in kind of a hurry, yeah. Insight check? Seems appropriate, yeah. <coughs> cool, I have no modifiers. That's a 10. Yeah, yeah, you can get what you have to tell you. Um, throughout the night, uh, you aren't assailed by any foe. Uh, things are fine. The sun starts to rise. Your companions awake. Uh, you gain one level of exhaustion from staying up overnight. And the train crosses over into Arizona. I will tell the three of you what I... That is deeply concerning. Well, while we're still riding on the train, do we want to try to ferret him out? 
maybe get the authorities <coughs> to put some pressure on him? I don't like bringing attention to ourselves, much as I don't like strange men looking at me without paying. <laughs> I must agree with temperance. It seems like the more attention we draw for our activities with this near-do-well stranger, the more attention will be drawn to us by that marshal. How about this? I'll try to, I'll join you in watching tonight. Okay. I believe this is our last night on the train. The last it? night on the train, yeah. You'll arrive in Tucson midday. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I'll just keep an eye open for this guy, this, this guy that she describes. Sure. After some time passes, uh, you can see that there is a string that runs through the top corner of the car with bells attached to the string. And the string starts to vibrate and the bells start to jingle jangle. Mm-hmm. And you can feel the train slowing down. Now, you know the trip takes like 18 hours. This is maybe 14 hours. Definitely early. Mm. And uh, as the train is slowing down, you see that there is a man who comes in. He's wearing like a a uniform of the railways. And he says, "Uh, nothing to fear, no worries, but uh, we've got some reports of rust bugs up ahead, so we're going to go a little slower. Do we know what rust bugs are? Uh, Give me a survival check. Survival. I'll be making that check. Fourteen. Four. <laughs> Crit fail. Crit fail, wow, really? Yeah. Now, now, we don't have these rust bugs out in Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mud bugs. <laughs> um, Levi has heard of rust bugs, but you don't know anything about them other than they're a hazard for the trains. Okay. Um, but as this guy's saying, you can see a couple other guys in uniforms are, like, taking wooden spears and walking to the back of the train. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. Sounds like, Sorry. uh... Meta. Yeah. Yeah. It's rust monsters. Oh, well. Best of luck, gentlemen. <laughs> they tip their hats. Go fuck yourself, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Let them earn their pay. I'm going to have eggs. <laughs> Basically. Yep. yep. Uh, so these guys, uh, eventually they, the train stops, and a team of like eight guys disembarks the train with wooden spears, and they set out to go kill the rust bugs. And for a period of time, the train is rumbling ahead at about four or five miles an hour, basically going alongside these dudes at a walking pace. And every once in a while, one of them waves to the engineer, and the engineer stops, and you can hear them skewering a giant bug with wooden sticks. Roasting it over an open fire. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Well, that's nasty sounding. If, uh, if someone were wanting to make a hasty exit from this train to avoid the notice of the law, now would be the time, I suppose. Yeah, uh, except that you are currently in northern Arizona, which is... Uh, Pretty oh, much Death Valley. I'm not interested in it. I'm yeah. just wondering if our midnight wrangler was going to <laughs> try to make a, a break for it. If your night strangler was... <laughs> um, the moonlight hustler. Yeah. If the the moonlight... great sleeper. <laughs> <laughs> the stranger. Um, if he was attempting to make a break for it, he could find better places to do it than the middle of the fucking desert. There's nothing out Fair here. Fair enough. Yeah. Then back to my eggs while they kill... I'm going to watch them kill rust monsters while I eat eggs. Yeah, it's actually part of the show. There's a bunch of people who've brought their kids and their kids are watching through the windows. And it is a gross affair. They ooze gray blood. Most of them are, yeah. They just, they're stabbing them over and over and over again. And uh, it takes some work because they're one of those creatures where they can lose most of the fluid in their body and the muscles will still spasm. Mm. And they have to get them dead enough they can like scoop them away from the tracks <laughs> because their corpses will erode them off the metal as well. Oh, wow. Um, once you've actually seen them, uh, Levi can basically put two and two together, having heard of them before. Oh, they digest metal. It yeah. makes some sense. And every once in a while, they have to have a guy come out with some replacement steel to fix up the tracks 
so the train can continue to rumble on. Wakanda. Yeah, man. Ro- oh, man. Rust monsters would suck right now. <laughs> they, uh, they do this, you know, at a pretty slow pace. They have a couple of guys in the back of the train to make sure that rust monsters don't digest the caboose. And, uh... <laughs> You also are rumbling all over the place. The train is bumping up and down a lot because these replacement rails are cut to be about this long Mm -hmm. and they slot down on top of the existing rail. Ah. So there's all these bumps where you're constantly going up and down (laughs) on top of the the replacement rail pieces. (laughs) Train ride with turbulence, the worst kind. Yeah. It's like somebody fell asleep and they hit the rumble strips on the side. (laughs) That's exactly what it is. And uh, during that time, they don't serve drinks because everything just keeps popping out of the glasses. Mm. Um, But you continue to eat your eggs as they try to escape your plate. Mm. Um, Your hot sauce rumbles off your table and rolls into a corner. And uh, after about two hours of this awful, slow, rumbly, shitty travel, these guys with spears come back on board and they are covered in gray blood. And they, uh, they change their clothes and go back into wherever they were in the train. You didn't even see these guys before. Mm. And the train starts to pick up speed again, and it starts rumbling off towards Tucson. Neat. Excellent. Wow, that was a perfect music say. Thank you, music. I, mean, I just forgot to turn You're off. You're welcome, Ben. <laughs> um, what was an 18-hour trip becomes a 20-hour trip you. as the result. <laughs> no, uh, as a result of having stopped to kill rust bugs. And finally, after 20 hours crammed into a fucking train car with these miscreants, you, Us, uh... Or the miscreants. Yes. Well, you. You're the miscreants. Oh. Yeah. You, uh, you arrive in the city of Tucson. Tucson is a thriving city. This place mm-hmm. is gigantic. The population in this time is primarily a mix of uh, Mexican settlers okay. and Irishmen. Okay. Ooh. Uh, Alistair, you feel right at home here because most of the Irish folk that you've seen as immigrants well, look quite, like you. Oh! Well, that's quite the color contrast right there. <laughs> See, you don't look like the devil. You just look like you're Irish. <laughs> uh, tomato, tomato. You know I'm <laughs> Traveling in Arizona during the day is a dangerous affair because of your overexposure to sunlight. Uh, traveling without the cover of, like, a covered wagon or something like that uh, will cause you to make constitution-saving throws to resist heat exhaustion. Mm. Um, once you receive sunsickness, it is a long recovery time and would require uh, either the use of a cure disease spell or a lengthy stay in a shady area with adequate hydration to cure the condition. Uh, it can be fatal. It's roughly twice as bad as exhaustion. Tucson is extraordinarily busy. Uh, it has a thriving merchantile district. Uh, there is a lot of imported goods, primarily from Asia. Uh, there is an enormous Chinese population here, so lots of Chinese goods are being imported. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chinese teas, Chinese silks, lots of stuff of that nature. Things to be considered finery uh, are being imported to this location, as well as um, lots of supplies from out east, of course. Um, but in this case, mostly things that have uh, utility types of values. So basically, you're getting luxury goods from Asia and the utility from the east coast of the United States. Okay. Um, There is an active rail station uh, that connects it not just north and south to the bigger cities of Utah. Good job, Matt, you dumbass. Um, (laughs) But also uh, east and west. Um, Specifically, actually, um, east. There's plans to expand the western rail network to connect it to California. It hasn't happened yet. Uh, But the eastern rail actually connects all the way out to Charlotte. so. Mm. So... There's a lot of money in Tucson, is what you're saying. Yeah, Tucson's big business. Um, And it appears to be uh, one of those places that sprung up as a result of developing the railway network. 
and then got oversettled as a result of people trying to capitalize on all the work that was out here, and uh, it became a bona fide city as a result. Actually, this doesn't seem like a bad spot to set up shop. I might move here permanently. Well, you'd be used to the temperature, wouldn't you? <laughs> it's kind of nice. It's hot. <laughs> Turn on the air conditioning. I don't know why I went Abe Simpson on someone. It wasn't my intent. It's just. Are you gonna tie an onion to your belt? Wait, you're a nature cleric, right? Old man yells at cloud. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's actually a lovely little town, or rather, a lovely big city for people who like cities. Um, it is also you find very quickly, having come from Utah. You know, you encountered some rattlesnakes and bears and stuff up there in, in the unsettled country. But Just down here, snakes. snakes. I almost got bit by a snake. Everywhere. Everywhere. And scorpions as well. Mm. Um, scorpions mostly at night, snakes mostly during the day. Snakes I can help you with. Yeah. Well, I, can just just spam an, I can just spam animal friendship on them indefinitely. Fuck this. <laughs> Fuck this. Fuck. Uh, you find pretty much immediately that uh, low level DD monsters also uh, inhabit Arizona. So, a little metagame here. Uh, things like sturges and stuff like that, all over the fucking place. They don't oh, have real course. mosquitoes, they get sturges. Oh, boy. Um, which, at 6th level, really? you guys are like, yeah, whatever, sturges, you get sturges. <laughs> really swapping them. Whack! <laughs> Sprays blood for a mile. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what the people down here have to deal with. So, like, the average person in Arizona is much more badass uh, than the average person that you've experienced so far mm. uh, in Utah. Uh, in MMO terms, this is a higher level zone. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Um, the enemies have red on their level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Skulls, by the way. Well, not anymore because you level up on the level. Right, yeah, oh, yeah. Now, now they're. So they're just orange. Yeah. Right. All right. Except for Sturges. They're just like yellow about to be. They're gray. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. yeah well, sturges are gray. They're pathetic. Um, but anyway, uh, to get back to where you're going, uh, trying to get to Flagstaff, we ask around here about Flagstaff, and uh, they ask you basically if you're rail developers because that's the only reason anybody would ever go there. Um, Flagstaff is basically just a dead spot on the map. It's an unsettled part of Arizona that nobody here has any interest in. Um, but you do find somebody who is willing to uh, drive a wagon up there. Mm -hmm. um, they have a team of some hardy oxen and uh, a wagon that seats about six that will take you all the way up to where Flagstaff is. Um, it is a long journey and it is not safe. Uh, it does travel through the Superstition Mountains, as I mentioned earlier. Mm. Uh, there's a much longer route that you could take to ride basically along the river and go north that way, which would be this little goofy bit here. Mm. But as you can see, it's pretty far out of the way. Uh, it's yeah. really not the fastest way to get there from Tucson, and it's much, much faster uh, to cross over the river first and then go up the Superstitions. Well, then let's take the dangerous route. I mean, it's a wagon trip. What could go wrong, right? Oh, danger, danger. Yeah. Uh, it supplies in Peralta, and then it goes up into the Superstition Mountains. We were in Peralta, weren't we? You weren't. No. Some other assholes were. Yeah. They got attacked by a Wendigo. Wendigo was that? <laughs> that was the... <laughs> so there is a, there's a large merchant population here and a large Chinese population, right? Yes. Uh, can I get some new clothes? Yes, some, absolutely. Like hard-wearing sort of like trousers and shirts. Yeah, you know what? Um, here's my plan. We've got 30 minutes left. I want to cliffhang you guys in Peralta. Mm -hmm. So what we're going to do is let's take a little time. Do your shopping. You've got a shit ton of money right now. Mm. Um, buy whatever you want. If there's something low-level magic item you want, it can probably be acquired. We'll talk about what that means in-game. Oh, boy. 
Um, but let's do a little shopping trip and get yourselves geared up for the trip to Flagstaff. Mm -hmm. And uh, when you guys have everything you need and you're ready to hit the road, uh, I will get you to Peralta and Cliffhangus. Okay. We'll call it a night there. Um, I would like to do the opposite of shopping, actually, and I would like to set up shop here. Okay. Um, <laughs> I mean, I it was my cover story that I'm moving operations or, or taking a business trip down to Tucson, but now that I'm here, I kind of like what I see. Um, and since Provo is sort of not friendly ter territory for me anymore, um, and I'm high enough to know the sending spell, I can do all my business with the devil over the phone. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I'm thinking about actually moving my law offices down here, so I'm going to start looking for clients. Okay. The facts. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the Halifax. <laughs> oh, there's a telegraph line here as well. There you go. So Actually, that's important. I should have mentioned that because you and I talked about it. I never brought it up at the table. Mm. Um, I was under the impression, the mistaken impression, that the telegraph really didn't take off until the 1890s. Mm -hmm. Totally bunk. It was actually the 1860s. Every, huh. every major city is connected by a telegraph line. Can I throw nice. a D&D &D wrinkle into that? Sure. You know what the common material component between message and sending is? Copper wire. Oh. So, maybe for a fun, weird West D&D flavor, the telegraph is actually magical. It's just enchanted copper wire that constantly does sending a message. <laughs> that is a neat idea. Cool. They yeah, occasionally like... have to get the rust bugs off. <laughs> That's why they put it on poles. Yeah. Or underground. Yep. Yeah. yeah. But I, I really wonder if, if that was the inspiration for having copper wire be the... The material component for the I spells. I would assume almost certainly. I yeah. mean, there's there's a lot of tongue in cheek uh, items that are required for spells. Yeah. The uh, the most well known one is casting gust of wind requires a bean. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Bad, bad, bad. I mean, if if I can blow like Whoa. some money to get uh, some gauntlets of ogre strength, that'd be great. Whoa, gauntlets of ogre strength, huh? Yeah. Well, that, that would be neat. That's an uncommon item. What's the uh, recommended cost on that in the game? It says uncommon, first level or higher, value between 101 and 500 gold. That's definitely the upper end of that. I'd say 500 bucks will get you what you want. All right. Yeah. It is done. I'm now useful in combat. Whoa! That's a big purchase. Yeah. So I want some uh, some Wild Westy flavor of what the fuck you just bought. Like, show us. Tell us. Smell Hang us. it out there. Let us smell it. Yep. Mm. I mean, I have a. F if I think I have a thing of a maximum flavor one going. Uh, how about this? <clears throat> There's a dealer of uh, rare and salvaged goods, or sorry, legitimately acquired goods. Ooh, I want to inject something into this. Okay. Uh, the person that you're dealing with is a Persian sea captain. By the name of Selim Bayezid. <laughs> and his goblin chef, Poppin Z. Corkin. Perfect. <laughs> I love that guy. <laughs> so, um... He... <laughs> so he, uh... Th this has been uh, acqui acquired, at least as far as the uh, history they're presenting is concerned, uh, from for a forbidden and ancient uh, temple where sacrifices used to be made to dark gods and uh, Levi recognizes the motif of the uh, the iconography as that uh, these are not so much bracers of ogre strength but they are bracers of bracers of the sacred constrictor Ooh. from an old UNT temple probably very old something that malazans used to wear or something or taskmasters of exceptional strength 
we wear to uh, beat people into submission. So, of course he's all over that shit. Oh yeah. Like, sweet, a relic of my people. This would have been specifically from, uh, rather than a Central American uh, venue, um, from a Caribbean settlement. You suspect maybe they are uh, Hadian in nature. Queet. Sweet. Queet. I did it again. I did it again. Wow. Queef. Stop trying to make Queet happen. It's not going to happen. I don't want it to happen. Can I see your DMG? It just keeps falling out of my mouth. Keep your Queef in your mouth. Maybe it's a hashtag out there somewhere. Hashtag Queet. Hashtag Queet. 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 Uh, you wanted to buy some new clothes. Uh, yes, new clothes. Yep. Uh, and also, I'm going to sort of stop over into the various Chinese establishments and uh, basically get funeral rite stuff, incense, paper, things to burn, that kind of thing. Yeah, most of that stuff is trivially inexpensive. Uh, the reason being that there's a ton of Chinese immigrants with no money that is really their only clientele. Mm-hmm. And so they're selling for very small amounts of money. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want nice clothes, you'll have to pay that. We'll okay. actually track that in your character sheet. But if you're just looking for like regular traveling clothes, they're trivially inexpensive, and I'm not going to bother making you do the bookkeeping. Yeah, uh, I will. I will show up for a white dress. Okay, like a really nice one. Yeah. If you want like the full Chinese silk and everything, mm-hmm. twenty five bucks. Okay. It's not quite a wedding dress, but it's pretty fucking intense. Uh, yeah, no, because white in China means death. Yeah. Great. <laughs> yeah. Lil. <laughs> uh, anything Elk who runs needs. Um, so how much time is this all going to take? As much as you want, really. Right now, you don't actually have an enormous sense of urgency. You just know that there were some issues that the Uranites were causing down here. Um, it is closely tied to what Levi's all about, so there's some stuff going on there as well. Um, and it's uh, an open lead, so you don't really know if you're fighting the clock or not. Okay. Well, if I have time, so there's a nearby native tribe called the Tohona Odom. They're a desert people and I'm actually going to just go over there and visit and uh, introduce myself and say hi as an ambassador type between nations and just I had never been down here and never uh, seen tribes this far south and I figured I would just meet them and share stories and home remedies and whatever else. They're happy to see you. Uh, They are happy to exchange information and if you need a place to stay for a while they'll take you in. Uh, Most of what their business is down here is uh, they are unusually good at making pigments for dyes Mm. and since luxury goods are so popular in tucson right now uh they are doing a lot of business with dyes for clothing companies and things like that Uh, as well as uh, a lot of the southwestern tribes all like harvest turquoise and so they they do good business on turquoise and stuff like that it's enough to make themselves comfortable down here uh and the touch of the like really oppressive nasty white man uh, has not really made its way this far south yet right so you're uh Meeting some nicer folk. That said, they do tell you that uh, not all the other tribes out here are friendly. Uh, the Apaches, in particular, Apaches are, are currently yeah, at I war did, with I like every. did not go to the Apaches. Yeah. Yes, yes. Um, they are known to harass a lot of the towns down here in Arizona, and the towns in turn harass the Apaches at every opportunity. Um, real nasty scalping type stuff going on there. Okay, I know what I'm going to be doing besides shopping. Okay, what's that? Basically, uh, in. Levi's efforts to uh, just become more comfortable with being himself. He's uh, going to be doing the whole the whole uh, faith healing preacher thing still, since he's enjoying that role. Uh, he's and if he, and just he'll reveal a bit more of himself to people and state that it is through his snake through his snake handling faith that 
he has borne their poison and seen the light, seen the light of the Lord, rejected the venom, the venom of this world, and it is, and that God has seen fit to grant him powers for these, to withstanding these trials. Uh, I would like, like for you to oops, give me an insight roll, and using, of course, <clears throat> detect poison and disease. We'll see who amongst the crowd is afflicted. Be like, oh, st- step up and be healed. Insight, you say? Yeah. 18. Okay. Um, it's not old hat, but you get the feeling that this has been spoken to a couple of these people. Mm, pardon me, a couple of these people before. Mm-hmm. Um, and you actually get a name tossed around of someone who was in the city of Tucson as recently as the last six months. Uh, Christian Adler. Oh, boy. Yeah. He's at it again. Good old Christian. Passing along a lot of the same bullshit that you are spewing, although from a slightly different perspective. Yeah, uh, this one's certainly a bit more uh, rooted in what was his faith before, as he's trying to have it both ways. I might have found something that I would like to purchase if it's within my dollar limit. Okay. Uh, glamoured, Glamoured studded leather armor. Okay. It is uh <laughs> blinged out lawyer suit. <laughs> <laughs> well it is uh it's rare armor. Um maybe you can help me find the price suggestion. Yeah, Josh knows this book yeah. much better than I do, so <clears throat> by all means. I actually have never read it cover to cover. Uh it basically is a plus one set of studded leather armor that you can make thank you. That you can make look um rare. So it's five hundred oh five hundred one to five thousand, so probably it, yeah, it gives a big range for rare items. It's 5th level or higher. Yeah. 501, between 501 and 5,000. It doesn't seem like a super powerful rare item. I would say on the lower end of that spectrum. 550 well, bucks. What, it, what does it do? It's plus one studded leather armor that you can make appear like a like anything you want. Like a suit of clothes or a plate mill armor. It just, you can change its appearance, basically. That's pretty badass. Yeah, I'd say 550 bucks. Okay. I don't have that on me, but is that something I can liquidate my... Provo Holdings and afford, or yeah, I would say that's perfectly reasonable. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you are a magical person. You have the magical means to collect. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, you also do a, an actual honest to Christ business, and you're a business owner. You probably could do a bank check. Well, not really honest to Christ. <laughs> yeah, true. Fair, <laughs> fair. But honest <laughs> to someone. You're an honest to Satan businessman. Which is even more impressive in the world of business. Yeah, law. Yeah. yeah, I would say you can you can actually get a bank check. Okay, all right. Um, and then I, I, I am serious. You can have this back, Josh. I am serious about setting up shop here so I can, you know, have a source of income while we're down here. Yep. And then uh, I'm going to telegraph Provo, which I can do. Yep. And um, just send along word that I want my, my uh, local assets liquidated and my belongings forwarded to my new address. Okay. Dear Satan, for <laughs> Christmas, I would really like... You know, you all my assume... My pin number is... You all assume I'm on great terms with Satan. That's not the case. You and I really Satan? don't like it's each me. other. It's me, Alistair. <laughs> huh. Meanwhile, Santa really Claus has your voice. telegram and you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> I've been a really bad boy, and I expect my reward in the mail. <laughs> you get a flyer from Publishers Clearinghouse. <laughs> Welcome to hell. 
Yeah, so basically a train car full of books and paper and parchment are going to be coming my well, way. Well, you'll get your reward from Satan, but you got to attend this timeshare presentation. Oh, that takes oh God. God. Uh, That's nice. <laughs> when I said time in the pit, what do you think I was talking about? <laughs> you are going to be spending years in my uh, in my hell hellscape timeshare. <laughs> it's a Garden View apartment overlooking Newark, New Jersey. <laughs> it's his timeshare pitch slash multi-level marketing pitch. <laughs> He also wrote a song he wants you to hear, and... <laughs> no, it's a screenplay. Ooh, oh, my God. But to hear the song, we have to go back to Georgia. <laughs> it's played on a solid called violin. <laughs> it sounds terrible. <laughs> Weighs a ton. If you haven't heard The Devil's Goes, it went down to Boston. I, I recommend it. <laughs> so you all uh, complete your shopping. Get a chance to stretch your legs after being cooped up in a train for a while. Um... Salim Bayezid thanks you for your business. Mm, I assume the, that's who I buy the, the business armor from, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he, after, uh, he says he had an experience in the United States that was a lot of fun. <laughs> and uh, he decided to take up uh, treasure seeking. Mm. And so he's been treasure seeking through the Caribbean. Mm. That's awesome. <laughs> he's a pirate. Yeah. yeah. He's a hobgoblin with a goblin for a chef. Like, yeah. come on. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Is it his hobby? Yes. Ha ha! Ho ho ho! On guard. Yes. That uh, yeah, I had to take him. I had to savor that one. Yeah. Um, the wagon driver arranges to meet you either in the evening or in the morning, whatever your preference is. He suggests the evening for the sake of the weather, or the morning for the sake of the critters. Mm, okay. Uh, traveling at night is dangerous because of creatures in the dark. Um, both what we would conceive of as D and D creatures, and also because uh, scorpions are active at night, <clears throat> and while the snakes don't usually go after the horses, the scorpions Maybe. sometimes do. Yeah, uh, and the scorpions are uh, as big as a small dog. Yeah, I was gonna say they're like chihuahua size. Yeah. According to Indiana, Indiana Jones, it's the small ones that are dangerous. Oh, yeah. that movie never happened. I had a, fuck did. you for bringing it up. It did. You role played it. You yeah. made us play it yeah. in this my, campaign. I had my players in a campaign pissed at me because I, they fought a big scorpion surrounded by tiny scorpions, and the tiny scorpions did more damage, and they all got pissed off. And so I referenced that movie. Like, don't ever make the DM mad because they'll reference that movie. I wasn't even mad. I was just ignorant. Which <laughs> I persist is better. All I have to say is the venom's more potent. That's it. Uh, so it is your preference whether you want to go at night or in the morning. The wagon driver will do whatever you want. Well, I, I mean, obviously, I don't have dark vision, so I'm voting for the morning. But you don't, you don't have, have dark, dark vision? vision. You do have dark vision. Do you? Yeah. Well, I don't. <laughs> I, I traded don't. it. Elf does not. So you'll have to leave him in the dark. I have dark vision, so I'm voting for traveling at night. The wagon has a couple oil lanterns that hang from the front, so the wagon driver can see his business. You guys, yeah. Time you cannot shitty. fuck us, guys. Stop <laughs> suggesting that. Time my shitty horse to the back. And... Hey, the wagon driver will do whatever you want. <laughs> That's right. He said it. No backsies. <laughs> or in fact, all the backsies. <laughs> the wagon driver's like, we'll do everything you want. And I'm like, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all, all of our zippers are down. Even <laughs> <laughs> <Your> temperance, including <laughs> yeah, temperance. She's <laughs> unzipped her temper pants. <laughs> <laughs> He puts it in your belly button. <laughs> and temperance is bigger than all of us. <laughs> I was going to say, temperance unzips and you hear a thud. Mm. That's what happens when barbarians unzip their temper bands. I have a weird response. Don't make it mad. <laughs> you wouldn't like it when it's angry. It spits like a llama. <laughs> <laughs> Levi just got the braces of the great constrictor. I mean, you just yeah. put it on. <laughs> 
bunch of nerds who are... Part under- of this is your influence. It is my fault. It's all my fault. Yeah, it is all your fault. 100% of this is your fault. <sighs> you start everything, just sit back, be like, degenerates. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking dirtbags. All right. Yeah. Uh, uh, so now we're headed to meet up with Aaronite leaders. Right? Yeah, Temperance is uh, ready for a nap, but also okay with going at night. So. Yeah. In fact, I the, the sun's a bit much even for my serpentine ass. So uh, I suppose night is probably better. Night it is. All right. I mean, they're they're scorpions, right? They're, oh, the, they're like this big. Yeah, some and of them are really big, some of them are really small. Three Bars. out of four of us have dark vision, so yeah, we well, can just again, fucking shoot The jury's this still out on me. I'm not sure. <laughs> I've never used it before. Uh, you do Fair- have dark vision, but you're just nearsighted. Right. <laughs> Thomas, Fair- Thomas Fairchild does remind you all that he, that he has a way with serpents. And uh, if you just let me go out in front of them, I believe that uh, they will not bother us. But the serpents are during the day. Scorpions at night. If you'd like to go during the day is what I'm saying. Oh. I can assure our safety. Um, you had mentioned earlier you're going to visit their leaders. As a point of clarity, the letter said that he had finished a mission in Flagstaff. Something went really well. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what it was. Okay. And he left. He actually went to Promontory Point. Okay. So you're not going to meet their leaders. You're going to basically figure out what the fuck they did and maybe unfuck it. Cool. Um, which is basically the whole plan here. Yeah. Um, you also know that there are UNT connections to what's going on in Flagstaff and that there's a bigger picture problem. You just don't know what it is yet. Yeah. Perfect. This all suits me. Um, Temperance would vote for going during the morning, then, if you are willing to be snaky. I'll totally be the snake whisperer. Morning it is, then. Whatever happened to Mr. Slithers? Um, He probably just went off back into the wild. It's not like I had an animal companion. It's just that it it wanted to hang out with me for a while. and I was like, all right, go on. Probably when you left uh, Wayne County. Yeah. I, I still wasn't convinced I have dark vision anyway, so <laughs> daytime sounds good. All right. Alice wants to stay up late, so how would he know? <laughs> <laughs> he pulls his pants up to his nipples. I always go to bed by 5 p.m. <laughs> it's scary at night. The devil's like right, right after, there. Right after murder she wrote. <laughs> the devil's just sitting outside his bedroom with his face pressed up against his Alice. <laughs> <laughs> Alistair, are you away? Yeah. Hey, I got, I got, I got something to show you. <laughs> what are you wearing? Uh, I sleep through all of it. Yeah. Are you wearing the lingerie? I bought you. <laughs> all right. Anyway, um, evening in Tucson is comfortable. Uh, the sun goes down. It actually gets cold outside. There is a warm, toasty hearth inside of the nearest hotel. Um, it is called the uh, the Tucson National. Um, it is a large hotel, uh, as many as 60 rooms. Whoa. Uh, you guys get some rooms that are on the second floor. Most of the guest rooms are not on the ground floor as a result of the fact that snakes and scorpions don't climb stairs. <laughs> not that. I'd yeah. love to see him try, though. Well, the scorpions probably could, but they don't. Uh, they, they don't, don't have, have to. It's, it's, like a, it's, it's like watching a slinky in reverse. Yeah. <laughs> Most of the homesteads out here are actually on stilts about six inches off the ground for exactly that reason. Mm. And there are no stairs to connect them. You just... Swing the door open and step up and in. Mm. Um, sometimes they put like a wooden guard around the bottom so that you don't get stung on the foot when you step into your house at night. But uh, you get a good night's rest at the hotel. The hotel has room service. It's actually very clean and orderly. Uh, it's, it's a luxury hotel. You guys are traveling on cash right now, so you might as well enjoy it. Um, they take good care of you. You get a good night's sleep and a nice, comfortable bed. Probably the last time you will for a while. Uh, oh. 
<clears throat> so cryptic. <laughs> I love it. Well, we are traveling many days north by wagon, right? To a place that you've heard is not Enjoy even it. town. So. It would be your last. <laughs> um, they feed you breakfast in the morning, and after mm-hmm. you've spent your dollars, we'll call it 15 party dollars. Okay, okay. Uh, plus the pull- Party dollars! Woo! <laughs> plus the bullet tax, which is five bucks a person. Okay, so... So, tw- so 20. Cool. Yeah. Bucks. So everyone... I don't shoot a gun, so... So no, another 15 no. bucks. Oh, okay. So a total of 40, I think I just said. Actually, I don't shoot a gun either, so... Um, whatever, it's 30 bucks for the bullet tax. <laughs> Fuck you and your minutia. <laughs> um, like, somebody pay 30 bucks into this endeavor, and uh, once that is... Voluntold. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, once that is done, the wagon driver meets you in front of the hotel in the morning. You don't even have to go very far. I mean, we could probably trade some of those magical items to cover the whole cost of everything we bought, plus the dollar tax, plus the night at the hotel. I do still have a couple of chunks of snail glass. Yeah, you can definitely Yeah, that's right. Um, You were getting mostly pieces left behind. 80 bucks. Okay. Uh, That's that's quite a bit. Yeah, that's some solid cash. uh, So 80 bucks, it was $30 for the tax. Yeah, so just add 50 to your total. But what about the hotel? I included the hotel tax. For simplicity's sake. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and the uh, wagon driver, uh, who introduces himself as Ernest. Scared stupid. He is scared stupid. <laughs> um, Hello, Ernest. He is uh, clearly an older man based on his face. He's got a lot of wrinkles in his face, laugh lines, and <clears throat> you know, edges around his eyes look harsh. <clears throat> um, but his hair has actually stayed dark. Oh. He hasn't actually grayed with age. Thank is he human or tiefling? He's a human man. Oh. Thank you for working with us, Ernest, and for being so flexible. Oh, any time, mates. <laughs> Do you get many travelers out to Flagstaff? Oh, yeah, we get lots of them. Railway workers? Yeah, we get railway workers, we get rich folk, and, uh, you know, we get settlers, uh, dignitaries, diplomats. Oh, wow. Railway? Well, sounds like you have stories to tell. Oh, he's talking about Tucson. Did you oh. ask about Flagstaff? I'm sorry. Yeah, I was asking about oh. Flagstaff. Flagstaff? No, no. Not much of anything <laughs> up there. Oh, fuck that place. It smells like an elephant's <laughs> asshole, it does. <laughs> it's a bit of a toilet. Um, <laughs> silver mines. Well, we, uh, we are seeing just some business up there, and we appreciate the ride. Railway developers? Uh... More like prospective railway investors. Oh, right, right, right. It's important I get an idea of the the routes and and the territory if I'm to establish a church of my own. Oh, understood, understood. I'll play tour guide. Wonderful. Do you know many of the major players out here? Uh, I don't, actually. Well, thanks anyway. But you're about to know. <laughs> well, now you do. We'll and, tell you, you know, as you guys you're getting mounted, in on the ground floor. <laughs> you uh, you mount up into the wagon, and he's got like one of the like privacy flaps you can close or open between the passenger cabin and the front of the wagon. Mm-hmm. Um, he actually has a sleeping bunk that is also covered between the front of the wagon and the privacy flap. So it's mm-hmm. like this tiny little like a uh, almost like a, a long haul trucker mm-hmm. has a tiny little cabin to sleep in. He's got basically that between your cabin and the front of the wagon to keep him safe from predators and stuff. Yeah. Um, He's also got the, the classic box under the seat for the shotgun in case of trouble. Uh, Ernest looks like kind of a tough guy, even though he's very pleasant. Mm. Uh, and he makes small talk, and he's actually fairly charismatic and upbeat and chipper. Um, he doesn't cost a lot of money to hire. 
And you can tell that he does a pretty fucking good job. He's very aware of what dangers are on your path. And uh, he, he is very forthcoming with information if you ask him questions about the surrounding region. Um, he hasn't, he's never been an adventurer. He doesn't know anything like that. But mm -hmm. he knows the road inside and out. Uh, he knows the easiest way to get into and through the mountains. And he's got a couple of stories about old friends of his who have been on the road with him or people who also ran wagons or times people got stuck in the mountains during the blizzard and they had to go dig them out and stuff like that. Hmm. Just kind of an interesting guy who is smart enough to know from your body language when to stop talking if you're getting bored of his stories. Gotcha. Hmm. Uh, I'm going to that's inquire... That's the best kind of Uber driver. <laughs> uh, I'm going to inquire politely as, as I can be because I'm a high charisma character again. Um, about, you know, I, I've, I've noticed your, your accent. It, uh, it sounds British. You know, are you originally from England? Uh, I can't keep doing the accent consistently, so I'm just going to that tell you as DM fair. Benjamin. Um, his mother is from Australia, mm -hmm. uh, and his father is actually from South Africa. Oh, wow. What a cool dude. I'm, uh, I'm going to give him a, a coupon for a free legal... <laughs> Legal massage. Free lawyering. Legal massage. <laughs> I'll massage the law for you for free one time. Wow. So a, free, so a consultation. Yeah. Yes. He takes yeah. it, yeah. Um, as I mentioned, he's a very nice guy who is relatively inexpensive to hire for the service that he is providing. Um, largely because going back and forth to Flagstaff and other unsettled areas of Arizona is what he does. It's what he's good at. And there's not a lot of demand for it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but he hits the road. Uh, you go through some abandoned territory in Arizona, and uh, he describes the area around you. you know, there's some sand dunes over here, and there's a saguaro field over there where there's a Native American tribe who uh, handles the cactus to get uh, agave syrup and stuff like oh, that. Oh, neat. Okay. Sort of thing. Um, the agave fruit he describes in detail. He seems to salivate at the idea. Mm. Uh, very delicious, he says. And he's riding along. Uh, he goes through a territory, and he says, It's best at this point. I notice that you're all... Um, seem to be able to take care of yourselves, but it's best that at this point you keep yourself secured in the back of the wagon and uh, keep a, a sidearm handy. Um, this is Apache territory. Oh, okay. And he starts riding around. Um, you actually are not assailed in any way by the Apache as he travels one of the more well-traveled roads uh, towards the city of Peralta. Mm. Now, a little timeline question here is that um, we all know, having been present at the table during that time, that Peralta's a goddamn graveyard right now. Yes, yeah. Uh, everybody in it is dead, and in a messy, horrible way, uh, basically because space Apaches killed them. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that is exactly what happened. And so um, he's describing the town of Peralta, and it's it's one of those places where it's a little bit xenophobic. Mm -hmm. um, it's uh, I believe I believe if I'm getting it right as a DM, not as a guy in game, uh, that it's largely. Portuguese immigrants? There is a lot of Portuguese there, yes. Yeah. So he describes it as very Portuguese, so it's a, a very large, boisterous kind of place where there's a lot of family-type uh, engagements that are parties in the streets, and it can basically be a big fucking mess if you want to get in in a hurry. Mm. Um, mm. He describes all of that, and as the town of Peralta is in your distance view, and you see a small plume of smoke coming up from the city, mm. you know, that's not right. A plume of snakes comes up. Uh, a, a snake nato <laughs> he goes home uh, <laughs> 12 well, earlier well it's safer there well crikey fuck this you cunts I'm out of here if, if, if any place has snake nato it's Australia <laughs> oh my god he, um, he says that's not quite right and then as he says that 
Overhead, there is the screech of a reptile, and a blue dragon goes flying overhead, past you and up towards the superstition realm. It's in Earth. Fuck. And that is where we will break for the night. Yay! Yay! Jed's dead, honey.